Hey, everybody, this is Jared from the rock and roll band Bowling for Soup, and you are listening to Iron City Rocks right now, and you're freaking lucky to be listening. There's 104 days of summer vacation Till school comes along just to end it So the annual problem for our generation Is finding a good way to spend it Like maybe Building a rocket or fighting a mummy Or climbing up the Eiffel Tower Discovering something that doesn't exist Or giving a monkey a shower Surfing tidal waves Creating nanobots Or locating Frankenstein Hello and welcome to episode 106 of the Iron City Rocks podcast. I'm your host, Aaron. On today's episode of the Iron City Rocks podcast, we're going to listen to an interview with Jarrett Reddick, who is the guitarist and lead singer for the band Bowling for Soup. Now, if you heard that first track and you're thinking, whoa, 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 did I accidentally slip on Disney Channel, uh, slip on maybe Radio Disney, something's going on here. Well, you are on the right show. Don't, uh, don't worry and have no fear. That first song is called This Is Gonna Be A Great Day. It is the theme song for the um, cartoon called Phineas and Ferb. And Bowling for Soup happens to be the band that performs that. So I thought it'd be fun to kind of open up with that song and bridge the generation gaps. Now, Bowling for Soup. This is a band that's been around since 1994. They've got 17 years in as a band and only one personnel change in 17 years. So that's a testament to itself to that a band can stay together that long so obviously these guys like each other, they have a lot of fun, and they enjoy doing what they do. And if you've heard any of their music, uh, they're a really, really talented band. If you haven't heard their music, well, you're going to get to hear a couple of their newest tracks at the end of this show, as well as a couple of short clips I'm going to play here in a moment. Um, but really, these are a bunch of great guys. I was so excited to get to talk to Jarrett. Really, really nice guy. And it was even more exciting to find out that his dad's actually from Pittsburgh. So in a roundabout way, these guys are a little bit of a hometown band for us, even though they're as Texan as Texan can be. Um, but it was really, really a, uh, just a great opportunity to talk to them. And I really, really want to thank them for taking that time to, to do the interview with us. So before we get into the interview, I have a couple other songs I want to play. The first song I'm going to play is going to be a clip from uh, Bowling for Soup's hit, uh, 1985, from the album A Hangover You Don't Deserve. And then I'm going to play a clip from my favorite song from that same album called Ohio, and in parentheses, Come Back to Texas. Uh, that song cracks me up for the single line in it that says, Besides, the Mexican food sucks north of here anyway, which I do ask Jared about that song, and he addressed it. So a funny little story that goes along with that. And without any further ado, let's get into those songs and then into we our just interview. Hit the wall. She never had it all. One Prozac a day. Husband's a CPA. Her dreams went out the door when she turned 24. Only been with one man. What happened to her plan? She was gonna be an actress. She was gonna be a star. She was gonna shake her ass on the hood of White Snake's car. Her yellow SUV is now the Nothing has been alright since Bruce Springsteen, Madonna, way before Nirvana. There was YouTube and Blondie, and music still on MTV. Her two 
show uh today with me i have jared of the band bowling for soup how you doing jared i'm doing fantastic thank you how are you awesome awesome so um jared for our listeners who are not familiar with your band could you give us a little bit of a background and tell us a little bit about your style um you know we're uh we're kind of the fun living party bit we're like we're like uh we're like the poison of 2011 you know we're uh we're, we're definitely sort of a good time, you know, if you're of age, have a beer with your friends. And, um, you know, we sort of came up at the same time as, as Green Day and Blink-182, and we were kind of all doing that silly thing. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot, of the, a lot of the other bands in our genre sort of went a different direction, and we sort of went completely the other way. Uh, and so we, we do tend to get silly at times, but we can, we can write a serious song as well. And, uh, you know, but we're, we're definitely the band that, uh, our, our job is, is to put a smile on your face and that's what we try to do. And I would say you guys do an excellent job at that. Um, it, it's funny that you introduced yourself that way because I was getting ready for the interview and trying to, you know, think about how I would describe your band. And that's, that's exactly what came to mind. You guys are just a party. You know, everything. Yeah, we're definitely, uh, definitely, we're, we're having a good time. I mean, honestly, if you ever t- were to come see us play, um, you'll notice that we're probably even having more fun than you are. And, uh, you know, we, <laughs> we tend to, we tend to entertain ourselves as we, uh, as we go through the evening. That's excellent. That's awesome. So, um, who are some of the influences that uh, would have influenced your band when you guys were coming up? You know, we're we're influenced by a lot of things. I mean, I, you know, I don't really know that we. Uh, I would say probably our biggest influence as a band would have been the Descendants, um, but really because that's the band that got me out of the whole metal thing. I was in a death metal band, and and uh, the first time I heard the Descendants, I was completely blown away because here's this band who was singing about farting and girls, and and but they were playing fast and this rock and music, but the singer was actually really good, and I was like, oh my god, that's what I want to do, and so. Uh, I, I would definitely, uh, if, if, if it were not for that band and, and probably the Ramones, there would be no Bowling for Soup, that's for sure. Huh. All right, so I would like to know a little bit more about this death metal, because I'm, I'm having a hard time picturing you in that sort of band. <laughs> well, Eric will tell you a story that uh, when he was 16 years old, he went to a, uh, to a show with, there were like 12 bands playing, and uh, the last band was a band with and, I, and this guy comes out with hair down to his ass and is shaking his hair all around in a in a circle and just and does this growl singing voice or whatever that scared him so bad that he actually left the concert uh, and uh, three years later he was in a band with that guy and that guy was me so uh, <laughs> it, I uh, I scared the living crap out of my 
out of my musical soulmate, so to speak. And uh, oh, so it's, uh, I, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. <laughs> oh, my goodness, that's too good. Holy cow, is that funny. Oh, man, man. All right, so <clears throat> I have another question. Um, and I'm a huge fan of the show Phineas and Ferb. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed that you guys do the theme song and have done some other music. So I was wondering if you could tell us, how did you guys get the Phineas and Ferb gig? You know, it was, um, it was one of those things where it just, it, it, it sort of fell into our lap. But I got a, uh, I got a phone call and it was just like, it was like, Hey, you know, there's just, there's these guys that used to work on the family guy and the Simpsons. They're doing a new, a new show for kids and uh, they want you to do the theme song. So, but they, they also want you to take the theme song and rewrite it into a three and a half minute radio single. And so I, uh, I was like, yeah, okay, I'm down. So they flew me out to LA and uh, I met with them and I got to see a bunch of the, a bunch of the episodes of the first season before they were even done. And, um, you know, we sort of talked about the theme of the song and, and all that. And, uh, so I came back to Dallas and, and um, wrote, wrote them a, uh, a radio single, and they loved it. And, and at the same time, they had had me read for a part in the show, which was uh, I played the uh, – I got cast as Danny, the lead singer for Love Handle. So some of the, sometimes some of the songs that I write with them, you know, um, they'll, they'll let me sing them as Danny from Love Handle. So uh, it's, it's, it's a really fun thing, man. It's something, you know, obviously that my kids are super stoked about and, uh, and their friends think is pretty cool. That's awesome. Well, my nephews love the show, and I love the fact that you guys are doing it because it's, it's a real bridge of the generation gap for me, you know, because my, my nephews, they're probably like eight and nine right now, and now's a great right. time because they enjoy the Ramones and things as well, and now it's like, oh, hey, well, you know this band. Um, wait till, you know, like, let me play you some other songs. And I was telling my sister about, the you know, doing this interview with you, and um, I, I'm like, don't tell the boys yet. I said, but I might be talking to, to the band that's doing the Phineas and Ferb theme song. She's like, oh, my goodness. So they are they are going to go crazy when they find out about this. <clears throat> well, that's really cool. Yeah, man, it's uh, definitely one of those things where it's uh, you know such a well written show. One of those things where uh, you know you're being associated with something that that kids like but parents don't hate. You know, so yeah. uh, it's uh, it's it's very cool. Well, the show just cracks me up. I mean, it, it is funny. It's really funny. It's very very well written and uh, well done. Those guys are are geniuses. So how much um, music have you guys done? Because so, you kind of alluded to the fact that you are Love Handle or you sing for Love Handle at least. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, well, I mean, we've been in the show as Bowling for Soup uh, in the Time Machine episode. And um, then uh, I think Love I think I've been in, I don't know, five or six episodes as, as Danny. And, uh, and I sing, I've written four songs for them for the show as well. And one of them is the, uh, is the, um, is a climactic battle scene in the upcoming movie next summer. Um, oh, and, uh, and I'll actually perform that as Danny and uh, a song that I wrote with them. So, so definitely uh, we're, we're out there quite a bit and, and even more to come. That's wonderful. Wonderful. So um, are you, you are from Texas, right? Yes, I am. We're, we're, we're uh, we all grew up in Wichita Falls, Texas, and we moved to, uh, to Dallas about, uh, about two years after the band started. Okay. Um, now, I, I, I'm kind of curious here, because you don't have that Texas twang. How, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I, it, it, I get it when I, when, I, uh, when I drink beer. Sometimes you'll hear it on certain <laughs> words that I say, but uh, I was a, uh, 
I was a theater guy in high school, and um, it's um, it's one of those things where I, I I actually got rid of the of the accent. Uh, I actually used to be way more, um, way less Texan than I am now. I've gotten a little bit of it back, but uh, you know, it freaks me out actually. Sometimes I talk to my brother or my mom on the phone, and I'm like, oh my god, did I used to sound like that? That's insane, you know. And uh, but uh, yeah, I uh, I get that a lot that uh, that I don't really have the Texas accent. But once again, whenever I uh, once I get a few beers in me, it comes right back. <laughs> That's great, Ed, because. I I remember, you know, reading that you guys from Texas, and I was listening to you do some radio tags the other day. I'm like, he doesn't have that twang at all. Um, Yeah, no, I, uh, well, thank you. You know, it's definitely something that I worked on uh, 20 years ago to to get rid of, and uh, luckily only only a few things sneak sneak in here here and there. It's definitely stuck. So I was just kind of thinking then, um, since you would have been in a death metal band, you know, years and years ago, would you have by any chance, or I'm just kind of curious, would you have been running in some of the same circles as maybe Pantera back in their old club days? Yeah, for sure. We actually used to play some of the same clubs as they did. But, I mean, I used to go watch them um, when they were still a hair metal band and before Phil was even in the band. Um, I used wow. to go and watch. watch they would. We had a club uh, just down the street from my house, actually, that um, would have bands come and play Friday and Saturday night, and then they would have them stay and do a Sunday matinee show. And those Sunday matinees were all ages, and so nobody ever showed up to them. So sometimes it was just like me, and you know my friend Greg, and like maybe a couple of other dudes. And um, you know it's just basically we they'd play a show because they were getting paid, you know. So um, got to see Pantera do that a few times, and uh, you know it was uh, it was a it was a good time, you know. It was, um, but yeah, I mean we 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 sort of were. Um, in the same circle as as Pantera and Rigor Mortis and and all of that stuff. I mean, I was I was a young kid, so you know it's not like yeah. we were playing shows with them or whatever. But but during that time, um, we were uh, we were kind of out there doing the same thing. Oh, that's awesome! And it, it, it's uh, that had to be something to see them back in their club days like that as well. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty cool. I mean, they were a cover band. They would come out and they would do they would come out and they would do a set of originals and then they would come out and do a set of covers or vice versa. And, um, you know, they would play like Judas priest and metal church and, you know, it was, uh, it was was really cool, you know, and they, uh, they, uh, well, I mean, you know, the, it's pretty funny, not funny, but I mean, it's definitely interesting to see them from, you know, they had an album, Phil's first album was called power metal. And it was like this, it was a, you know, he did like metal screens and stuff. And then the next, you know, when, when Cowboys from Hell came out, it was like, oh my God, everything has changed. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, if in the metal world, that's like our Nirvana Nevermind. You know, when Cowboys from Hell came out, it was like, everything is different now. Yeah, I gotta agree with that. So, um, what kind of gear do you use? Like, I've, I've noticed that that guitar you have this band, like the Texas flag, which I love. What, what kind of guitar is that? It's an Ernie Ball um, Access Super Sport. And, um, you know, that, that guitar is, is, is a pretty great story, actually. They, they, it was before we really were even doing anything. We had signed our deal, but, you know, we didn't have any hits. And, and really, to be honest, I don't even know why they saw anything in me, but we went and we toured the factory and, and we, you know, we, we made contact with them or whatever, um, just because we were in San Luis Obispo, which is where they make their guitars and strings and stuff. And so we were trying to get, um, you know, some, some strings at a, at, 
at, at a reasonable cost or whatever and, and use. But uh, anyway, I, we hit it off with, I hit it off with, with a guy there named Derek Brooks, who's still there, who's still my guy. And uh, he was like, hey, I'm going to send you a guitar just to try. So he sends me a guitar, and the guitar is, is wood grain. So I like, called him, and I was like, this is really nice. Thank you. But this guitar looks like a coffee table. Like, I'm not, I, there's <laughs> no way I could ever play this. And he's like, well, just do whatever you want to it, you know, and if you play it, you can keep it. So I went and I, I went to, uh, to the mall and bought all those, bought a bunch of stickers. And those are still the stickers that you see on there. And that's been about, uh, I guess, oh gosh, I can't even think, I guess it's been 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's, it's definitely doesn't look as nice as it once did, but, uh, but it's, uh, you know, that's, that's what you see. That's awesome. It's a heck of a guitar. It's really, really sharp looking. Really, What's that? Really sharp. I said it's a heck. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, right. And and since then, actually, they've been really good to me. Um, when we uh, when our record went gold, and and uh, you know a few other things, they they made me custom like two custom guitars. So I have two guitars that um, that that no one else in the world has one like them. Um, and uh, it's just basically there's no tone knob, and there's there's one pickup and a volume knob, and that's it. And uh, so, uh, you know, I keep telling them that they should mass produce it and give me a signature guitar, but I don't think they think I'm big enough yet. I say give it time, man. So uh, you guys have been a band since, what, 94, right? Yeah, 1994. We'll celebrate our 17th birthday in June. That's awesome. So I've been a fan since about, well, whenever um, Let's Do It For Johnny came out. When that was right. Oh, thank you. That's, that's, uh, that, was, uh, that was the year 2000. Yeah, that was that was a heck of a record. I love that record. Um, Thank you. Then, yeah, so that was uh, that was our first record on Jive and the first major label release, and um, you know, one that's uh, still fun to go back and listen to every once in a while. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, great, great disc, and it kind of started, I guess, what what I see as your storytelling process within your songs, and then when you guys, by the time you got to um, a Hangover You Don't Deserve, it's like you guys perfected it, like. That record for me was like, um, boy, I'd have to compare it to like some of the old Kiss records. Like I could put on a Kiss record, uh, for example, like Asylum, one of the first ones I got. I could put that record on, listen to it, start to finish, and every song is a good song to me. Same thing with The Hangover You Don't Deserve. Like, what's what's your songwriting process like? That you guys have such a story-like process through your songs. Yeah, you know, it's funny. That's that's I, I never really thought about that being the turning point, but yeah, it was. Um, you know, I guess it was writing let's do it for Johnny where it wasn't just a hodgepodge of, of, uh, you know, my songs and Eric's songs and just things that were all over the place, which we had kind of done, uh, for our first four albums, which we did on our own. Um, this was more of a, it was a record that I wrote and, um, you know, it was, I definitely had started to sort of get, find my style, my niche, so to speak. And, you know, we were sort of starting to do the pop culture thing a little bit, and then uh, you know, we had, we had we had really hit our stride by drunk enough to dance. And um, but you know, the songwriting process for me is interesting. I mean, it it really is. It's it's there's really no method to it. I mean, I uh, it can I definitely have times where I'm like, okay, I'm gonna write ten songs this week, and uh, you know, I do. But um, you know, a lot of times it's just stuff that comes to me. I mean, I constantly have ideas, whether it's a melody that I sing into my phone or a lyric that I type into my phone or a concept or whatever that I come up with. I mean, it's like the song High School Never Ends. I had that sitting around for two years, just that concept. And, um, 
you know, so uh, you just, it, it, it's one of those things. Where there's really no method to the madness. It just, uh, it's just one of those things where it's, it's, a, it's, it's always a different exercise, really. And you just keep <clears> working <throat> at it and working at it. Yeah, you know, it's definitely something I think that you get better at. Um, you, and, and one of the things that I started doing after Drunk Enough to Dance, Drunk Enough to Dance was the first time I'd ever co-written with anybody because uh, Butch Walker and I wrote Girl Bad Guys Want. After that experience, I was just like, man, this is great. I mean, because really it's whether you're writing for Bowling for Soup or writing for another artist or writing for that or uh, for the, the actual artist that you're co-writing with, you know, you always take something away from the experience. You always learn something. And, and, and honestly, it, it, it can be writing a song with the most inexperienced, you know, someone who's a 16-year-old kid who's never written a song in their life, and you can still sort of learn something. Um, so I, I really enjoy the whole co-writing, co-writing process, too. Oh, that's awesome. So one of my favorite songs on the um, Hangover We Don't Deserve record was the Ohio song. All right. And it's because of that tagline about the Mexican food that just, it makes yeah. me laugh. The Mexican food sucks north of here anyway. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true. Yeah, that's that's one of those things all? where uh, one time we were in Portland, Maine. We were yeah. doing a show, and we were we were on tour with Dynamite Hack, which is another Texas band. And um, we, uh, all of us were so super stoked to have Maine Lobster, but it was Sunday. We couldn't really find anything. So the one place that was open was a Mexican food place. And so we went to it, and it was like it was the worst. It was like the worst thing that we had ever had. And, and all of us were just like, you know, this is just silly. We should never eat Mexican food north of Oklahoma ever again. So we we will pretty much stick to that, actually. You know, unless we're in we'll eat Mexican food pretty much anywhere in California, but uh, we get north of north of say uh, Oklahoma. It's uh, we're we're not really we're not partaking. That's awesome. It's funny. I always think of that lyric because I I spent some time living down in Nashville, and that's how I feel about buffalo wings. Like the further right. the way you get from New York, like people are like, oh, these wings are great. I'm like, nah, not so much. You know. Yeah. And that's true, man. It's like, uh, you know, it's like Chicago people won't eat hot dogs out of Chicago, you know. It's, agreed, uh, agreed, yeah. yeah. That's too funny. All right, so your latest album, newest album's coming out, Fishing for Woos. Is that available yet? Can we, can we yeah, it came out last week, and, um, you know, it's doing really well. It's on our own label. Um, you know, we're back to being an independent artist, and, um, you know, it, 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 it had, we had a, an amazing first week, and... Um, so yeah, I mean it's uh, one of those things where we're we're excited to have it out there. We're finishing up a new video for our song Turbulence next week, and uh, you know yeah things are things are good. Well, I, I gotta say that like when I've heard of it so far, I've heard Saturday and I've heard Friends Chick, Chicks Guitars. That it's it's a great record. Like it, it's one of those things where I put it on. I'm like, man, it sounds like you guys. It's just another another great song after another, you know, one, one. Great yeah. We're, it's, it's, and it's, and if you're, if you're an old school Bowling for Soup fan, you're fans of, if you're, you know, let's do it for Johnny drunk enough to dance, you'll appreciate this one because we, you know, sorry for partying. We, we got, well, really the burrito album and sorry for partying. We, we tended to experiment a little bit more. We had a few keyboard based songs and stuff like that, but uh, this one, this album is very simple. It's just guitars, bass, drums, vocals, and a few little things thrown in for for some ear candy here and there. But uh, it's uh, it's just a rock album, and, and uh, you know we're, it's it's been very uh, you know critics have been very gracious to us for the first time in years, and uh, and you know the fans seem to be responding amazingly. So uh, we're it's it's definitely a, an amazing accomplishment for us, and something we're proud of. 
I, I think it's awesome. I mean, it's so singable, especially the Friends Chicks Guitars. That song just, just grabbed me right away, and I keep like humming the melody, singing it to myself as I've been you know, walking around the house here. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's been awesome, awesome stuff. All right, so one last thing I'd like to discuss, and then, then we, will, uh, we won't take up any more of your time here. Um, but uh, pre-interview, I discovered that um, you actually have roots here in Pittsburgh. Could you elaborate on that for us a little bit? Yeah, my dad is uh, is from is from Pittsburgh, and uh, he uh, was born and raised there. He left uh, to join the army when he was 17, but uh, all of my uh, aunts and uncles and cousins are still there. So I'm um, a huge. I was I was brought up um, a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan, and, and still remain. And uh, you know, always uh, always fun for me to come back to uh, what I refer to as the motherland. Uh, where, uh, where you know, I, I love seeing the terrible towel everywhere and, and uh, just listening to the accent. So my dad uh, lost his Pittsburgh accent, but uh, it's uh, it, it, any time he visits home, he comes back and he gets it right back. So it's, uh, it, that always intrigued me. Yeah, we, we definitely have, have our own unique dialect up here. I would say just as unique as the South. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, Jared, hey, thanks. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. We really, really appreciate it. Um, hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate you.
Welcome back. That was our interview with Bowling for Soup. I hope you enjoyed uh, listening to it as much as I enjoyed doing it. And that last song that you just heard was called Saturday, or Saturday, from uh, Bowling for Soup's latest record, Fishing for Woos. Well, thank you once again for joining us here on the Iron City Rocks podcast. As always, we appreciate your support. Visit us online at www.ironcityrocks.com. Check us out on all the various social networking uh, sites, such as Facebook and Twitter and even MySpace. We're on all of those. Um, Our Facebook page has been very active lately, so thank you all who have been participating in that. Um, And as always, we appreciate your support. I'm going to leave you with this one last song. Um, Probably my favorite off the new Bowling for Soup record right now. It's called Friends, Chicks, Guitars. Friends Hit the town, put the week behind us Rocking the same spots again and again It feels like nothing will ever stop us No rain or sleet or snow Tonight there's not a cloud in the sky Motley crew outside on the stereo We're always on a mission to finally get it right The life of the party comes in bottles, cans, and pints We talk about it, sing about it, sneak it on the plates Guitars and no beer Guitars and no beer. We had friends, chicks, guitars and no beer. Guitars and no beer We got friends, chicks, guitars
later. Stop talking. Stop talking into the mic. <laughs> okay, I'll stop now. Uh, the Pittsburgh show was so great, man. It's, and uh, I mean, you know, it's always always cool for me because that's where my dad is from, and I have a lot of family there. And uh, and obviously, I'm a huge Steelers fan, so I I love uh, I love I love heading to Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania for for a few days. <laughs>